Welcome everyone, this is Jim Sirk with the Medical Sales Nation. This podcast is titled Overcoming Pricing Through a Sales Process. We really dive into first, why do people buy? You really have to understand their motivation before you know, can move forward. So we get into why do people buy. We also talk about put value first in all conversations. Stay away from features and benefits and know your product and service as it relates to the needs of your customer. Hospitals put out information on their, you know, their strategic initiatives for for the year, for the next 10 years. Know that and try to create a communication cadence that will describe how your products and services are actually meeting the needs of that customer. We also talk about how purchasing wants to put everything in a commodity box. You know, every negotiation wants to stay on price. We want you to stay on quality, stay on service, talk about the value that your products provide. And then we talk about the competitive box, the value box, on how to make sure that you're communicating and stay strong with the value that your products and services provide and don't get dragged into that pricing negotiation when you can set up the conversation in the beginning to talk about quality, service, and value. Charlie also goes into some skill sets you can develop to overcome some of the tactics purchasing managers use against us. So it's pretty interesting. And um, and also, he goes into some of the games that purchasing managers play when they're trying to acquire a product from us. And uh, it's fun to listen to. It's a little long, but stick with it because it's well worth it and some great skill sets can come out of it. So without further ado, let's get this started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Medical Sales Nation. It's Jim Surick. And Charlie Johnson. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? Very, very well. well in a good. nice day out today. Uh, that's good. That's good. I'm, uh, I'm going to be driving my eldest to the University of Alabama today, so i got a nice uh, 12-hour drive ahead of me. So looking, looking forward to that. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, baby. So, um, Charlie, we get a lot of uh, input. We get a lot of feedback from our from our friends in the in the nation, the medical sales nation, and a, a lot of uh, the commentary comes back is, "Hey, can we talk about objection handling?" And pricing becomes the number one topic that people want to talk about: how to overcome pricing. And I know you've done a lot in your career in your consulting business, handling objections, period. And and when it comes to pricing, I always find that that's a, a topic, you know, somebody's looking for a magic bullet for. And I don't think there's a magic bullet, but there's a way to handle pricing if you have a very good sales process. And within that sales process is how to, you know, deal with pricing before we get there. So, but I thought we'd start from the beginning and just talk about, you know, people don't like to be sold, okay? Nobody likes to be sold anything. People want to buy things because they think it's bringing value to them. They believe it's going to bring some value to them. And so, Charlie, I, I thought we would start with, you know, at the beginning, why do people buy? Well, Jim, let's, uh, 
let's stay with a business to business selling uh, because most of our nation are selling uh, for a business into a business. Uh, and consumer stuff is just very, very complex, and that's a whole other 10 podcasts. So in B2B selling, uh, people, business people are looking to buy solutions for challenges they have in the simple model of revenue less expenses equals profit. So if there's a problem of not generating enough revenue – uh, they're looking to. They may be looking to buy something to help that. If it's a problem with reducing expenses, uh, they may be looking to buy something to resolve that problem. And then it comes down to the day-to-day operations of the hospital, where who who is the department that has to deal with this, and how important is this issue to them? Okay, so so Charlie, basically, so when you say. Revenue minus expenses equals profit. So I look at that and go, okay, you either have to provide me a product that's going to make me money or or you're going to sell me a product that's going to save me money. They also want to potentially save some time, which is a soft cost. But it's really about that profit line. And it's regardless if you're a non-for-profit or a profit hospital, you have to be financially viable at the end of the day, Correct. Correct. Okay. So people are buying things to solve issues that they have, or they'll buy products to solve problems they may not know they have, and that's why salespeople come in. As we talked about before, we're the educators of, uh, um, you know, in hospitals and clinics in the healthcare system, we provide education to, to present solutions to problems they may have or may, may not know they have. So, um, and so, so Charlie... So understanding that piece, right? Because a lot of times, I think as salespeople, we think of uh, the, the most important thing is I have a quota hit. I need to I, I need to sell, and that and that's true. You, you have a quota. You need to sell. You need to make your number. But it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the sales rep. It's about the customer, right? And we got to provide that value. And sometimes, you know, I think we're our worst enemies in trying to present that value. So when we talk about this pricing objection, I think we have to, once again, put the beginning first before we get to the pricing piece. And, and too often, we, we get a pricing objection up front. And I don't know, maybe that's our fault as sales professionals. Maybe that's just the way that purchasing with any institution we're dealing with is, is trained to ask about pricing up front. But I think of it as... A sales rep should prepare to overcome pricing before we get to that point. So, or better yet, Charlie, what's the sales rep's role to set the table once pricing is brought up so that you've already really talked about those features of your product that help with that revenue expense and profitability line? So, how does a sales rep start to subtly build value and overcome pricing before you get there? Well, first of all, it's, uh, it's preparation. It's, you know, understanding your, you know, your product category, how that affects the customer's business. Uh, if you understand that, you do, you know, you're doing your research all the time, talking to the people in the hospital that use your technology. And in doing that, you can identify a, a problem that exists or a potential problem. 
and then really start to talk about the severity of it. And then hopefully you can bring that into a cost, right? If I don't fix this problem, this is what it's going to cost me. Or the problem with my existing uh, vendor isn't solving the issue because it's creating a separate problem. So you need to know that. So you're setting the table by understanding the severity of the problem and getting your customer to agree that it has to be fixed. So, so really, though, you, to understand the problem, you as a sales rep have to understand, understand the value that your product presents. So in that value, it's either going to increase revenue, reduce expenses for that hospital or that clinic or that physician's office or ASC, how does my product fit within that, that revenue line versus my competitor? Because just for an example, I have a friend that sells patient warming products. They get into this conversation of, well, you know, I've got three or four or five different competitors and it always comes down to pricing. And I look back at it and say, but how does your product impact the revenue line or the expense line? And the answer is, well, it's really the expense line because there's not a, you know, a code to get paid for this. Okay, great. But how then does your product make or save time or money for your, for your, for the hospitals and vis-a-vis your competitors? Because that's your value proposition that you have to bring up front and talk about knowing that they're using a competitive problem or product and have this problem. It's that challenger sales model. I know your business better than you do. Let me articulate it and how I can help you. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, you have to understand that business and be confident to be able to do that. So in understanding the business, you talk to a lot of people that are using your technology or are impacted by your technology. And the problem that you find or the problems, they they have a cost relationship that is actually increasing the expense to the hospital. So they have to solve this problem if you get them to agree to the severity of the problem and the cost of the problem. Right. Right. No, so that makes sense. So you have to get them to agree, but you better know what you're talking about, right? Correct. Right. So it can't be just know their business. You have to know how your product impacts, and it's a really simple business. Hospitals, whether they're nonprofit or profit, have to make money, right? Have to stay profitable. Increase revenue, decrease expenses. How does your product do one or both of those, right? Well, and I'll add a third ad, you know, providing better patient care. Sure. sure. Uh, which is which is a def- direct effect on the revenue line, right? Correct. Correct. So when you th- – and that's interesting because talking about this, this patient warming product – it really was coming down to patient care because the the lower cost product wasn't providing the patient care, which means that they had to use more of that other product, right, which was increasing their expenses as well as decreasing patient care. Correct. Right? And so, but I, I looked at this and said, this isn't a problem of pricing. This is a problem of value um, communication. Of course. It's a problem that the purchasing doesn't want to care about or doesn't want to make it part of the equation. But if you understand and talk to the people that use your technology and they tell you how big the problem is and what it's costing them, that has to become an issue up front uh, to explain the value of your technology compared to the competition. Right, right. So, so Charlie, but sometimes we know that pricing 
is the primary issue. And when when does this happen or, or why does this happen? Well, it's hospitals for years have been using kind of a commodity box of quality, price, and service. That way they can compare you against a competitor. You know, who has the better quality, who has the better service, and who has the better price. What they want to do is they want to equal it, say everything's equal on quality and service so that they can negotiate only on price. Your job as a rep to get them to consider quality and service in that negotiation. So if you're going to sell a commodity and you know it's a commodity, how often is it really a viable, and let's just be honest about it, how often is it truly viable that I'm selling, you know, a Band-Aids, and I got better quality and service, that it's really going to impact price. Well, I can tell you, well, uh, let, let me go to something a little more technical sure. <laughs> from my experience. Skin staplers. Everybody knows about skin staplers because when they're operating on, they're stapled. Very, a long time ago, there was a competitor that had no sales force. They sold everything on the phone, and, uh, and yet... Uh, you know, my company had a giant sales force. And the biggest difference in value in that situation wasn't the price. It was the fact that they had local representation. So the service is differentiated. Can, do you see that point? Yeah, sure. No, of course. So, but that's what I'm getting at is that you have to, if you're selling a commodity, you can't just say we have better quality and service. You better have some true facts and data to back that up. Right. You have to demonstrate the difference and you have to get, you know, the oper the people that use your technology to articulate that so that you can articulate that into the purchasing people. Right. It's interesting because you could look at this at, from two different perspectives. If I'm with a large medical device company, my service is so much better than, you know, this little medical company over here. Couldn't you agree, purchasing manager, you know, and or doctor and or nurse and or hospital administrator? But on the flip side of that, if I'm a small company, if my service is better than the large medical device company because I care. My business is incredibly important with you. I'm going to service you more. I'm going to provide you more hands-on service because you as a customer are much more important to me than you are probably with a big medical device company. Oh, absolutely. Right? That's, that's what a local rep can, is, can, can sell, the, the value of them being there. Right. So, so it's interesting, though, because this commodity box, I think, is incredibly important. Quality service. The, everybody, every hospital institution provider is trying to do exactly what you said. Make quality and service equal, and now let's talk about price. But... If you know you're selling a commodity product, you have to, once again, let's go back five minutes, you have to talk about your quality. You have to talk about your service in a way in which it truly differentiates you so that when you get to the pricing conversation, you could go back to, remember we talked about the quality and service. Right. Right? So right. these, and these are just, you know, as we go through this, this conversation, these are just bullet points to think about, right, for the sales nation out there listening, is that to think to think about as you're going, getting ready for a call to a hospital, to an ASC, whatever, um, just thinking about how you can position your product a little bit differently from your competitors if you're selling a commodity. Absolutely, Jim. And, and it really, the, the commodity box, you always want to focus on how do I differentiate quality 
and service so that the price isn't the only issue in the price negotiation. Right. And we know, and, and so for people listening, we know that this is easier said than done, right? And we get that. But set yourself up for success by trying to figure out how to more effectively communicate that quality and service. Now, Charlie, let's talk about products that have value, that have truly have value. How do you think of, when you're teaching your classes, products with value? What does that mean? Well, first of all, Jeff, I think differentiating, you know, you know mostly supplies are a competitive, well, not competitive box, right? There are many vendors and, uh, you know, price, quality, and service is important, but in equipment, particularly if you're buying, if they're buying, you know, capital equipment, which is a longer sale, but it relates to time, money, and risk. So let's talk, call that the business value box. You know, how, how will your product affect the management of time or the utilization of time? How can you, your product help them increase their revenue? And how does your technology, your, your product or equipment mitigate the risk of making a change or not making a change? Okay. So value, if you, if you can increase or, or increase or provide efficiencies in time, increase revenue, and mitigate risk. That's a that's a value box that pricing should be mitigated because you have that. But just because you have that within your your offering doesn't mean the customer is going to recognize it unless you set the table up front about all the great things your product can do. Right. And remember, your purchasing people don't want to recognize those differences. They want everything to be the same. Okay. So now that's interesting. So what you're saying, Charlie, is that where we're selling, doesn't matter where, wherever we're selling, the person buying wants to make your product a commodity, even if it's not. Correct. Interesting. Okay. So that means, as we said earlier, we're talking about earlier, you have to set the table. So if you are in that business value box of time, money, and risk, and we've talked about you know clinical, financial, and strategic value as well in the past in some of our podcasts, we, we think that's really critical in today's environment. You could take, you could take that as well and, and mix the two together, but only if you're very comfortable in articulating all the value that these products have. Right, and how that value overcomes the the seriousness of the problem or the challenge that the customer faces. So you really have to understand, like when I say understand the business, that's what I'm talking about. You have to understand how your product is utilized, how your quality and or service is superior so that you don't have to get caught in a, in a, in a price negotiation. So understanding value. When we talk about generating value to what? Value to clinical value means value to providing patient care. The financial value is equal to the increase in revenue or decrease in cost. And the strategic value is how they plan ahead right, uh, for the next four, three to five years so that they maintain a level of profitability. And remember, the hospital is very hard. They operate on about a 3% margin. So a little mistake can move them from being in the black to being in the red. Okay. And so we better be – as a sales professional – We've talked about it in the past. Be a student of your game. You have to be able to articulate this value while you're setting up the stage for the acquisition of your product. Meaning you have to be selling these value propositions 
these value statements along the way and getting agreement as you move forward so that pricing doesn't become the ultimate issue. So, so Charlie, how would you define value? How would, how would a sales rep define value? Well, value, value comes in the, you know, what we call the value box. It's, a, you know, time, as you said before, money and risk. And to me, and I think most salespeople, you have to think about value as really everything. If your price, if your product doesn't provide value to your customer, why would they buy it? Right. The difference is how do we define that value so that they can actually see it and understand its effect on their business model. Okay, so so you define the value, so you have to know your product, right? And you have to understand this business value, time, money, and risk. And I think it would be a great challenge for those who are selling that commodity-like product to start thinking of your product more as a business value, if you can, so that you create a sales process, a communication process, in which you can talk about time, money, and risk even within a commodity product, trying to do that at least to provide more value to you as an individual um, and, and, and then um, talk about the quality and service. That would be a really interesting, um, I guess, uh, experiment, don't you think? Well, I think it's, it's an experiment that would pay off for people because in developing this understanding, uh, first of all, understand that, that that you are selling features and benefits. The benefits you're selling uh, is the things you think relate to the customer's business operations. But what value is, is the customer's interpretation of those benefits, whether they're real, realistic or, or necessary to have. Um, and I, I think we face that every day in our life when we buy things. We, we look at what value is this going to bring to my life? And do I want to buy it at all? And then what price do I want to pay for this value? Right, right. No, it's, it's interesting because the value you know, has to be presented to the customer in a way in which you're acknowledging their needs and their wants based on your understanding of the business, that you're, of the product that you're selling. So that means you have to understand your customers um, and your, and your uh, competitors and what's taking place with, with that single product or your product platform, you just need to know what value is really going to drive those customers to, customers to make that acquisition to better offset your your product versus your competitors, so that pricing becomes a mitigated objection. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, okay. Great. When then, Charlie? So when I think we've got I, I think we've got this now, right? I think you know at least you know for this for this podcast is understanding that having conversations and setting up the sales call to discuss quality and service, time, money, and risk up front about your product and services your company has to offer vis-a-vis your competitors and vis-a-vis the needs of the institution, which are increasing revenue, reducing expenses to impact profitability. So, Easy to say, a little more challenging for a sales rep to do, but that's your job as a sales rep is to go out and figure out how to do that. Don't wait for marketing. Don't wait for somebody to come with a magic bullet to tell you how to do it. Understand those concepts there. So, Charlie, knowing, saying that we've done all that, right, we've created this value conversation along the way. 
you know, we say sometimes you got to go slow to go fast. Those conversations and that sales process might take six months. When do you offer a price? Then when do you start talking about price? Jim, there are different theories about when you present price. Some people say present it early because conversations about features and benefits have no meaning until you put a price on them. But the realistic way to look at this is that what now you understand the business, you understand the problem, you understand the value that your product provides. So you're going to talk about your features and benefits. Uh, then you're going to discuss your customer, the value to the customer. You want to make sure that the, under, the customer understands the cost in dollars and time to consider your value. And then you're gonna provide a price. Now, when you provide a price, that's what they call setting an anchor in negotiation. So what you say, you're charging them and what they say they're willing to pay. In other words, I need a 20% discount means they're, you know, if selling something for 10 bucks, they wanna buy it for eight. That's the differentiation where the negotiation happens. So the, one of the biggest problems that people have is when, when they're, they wait to be asked about price. And when they're asked about price, they kind of waver or they look nervous or they, they kind of say something like, well, it depends or, you know, this is our list price, but it's negotiable. All of those things are awful things to say. Because the customer is going to now say, well, now I got you. Okay, so, so, so Charlie, so then what do you do then, right? You're a sales rep. They go, okay, now let's talk about price. And you say, I'm, you know, just for argument's sake, $100. It's $100 a box, a kid, a unit. And then they, they look at you and say, I need a 20%. You go, well, um, uh, well, maybe we could do that. You know, it's not written in stone. You're saying that's the worst thing to do. Well, yeah, because here's the problem. No matter what you say to that buyer, they're going to flinch as if you've told them something totally unbelievable. <laughs> so, so you say, so let's just, let's play this out, Charlie. Let's say they're buying a product for 150 bucks, and I don't know this, right? And I say 100, right? Then they go ahead and say, oh, oh my God. I can't believe it. <laughs> Okay, wait, so what now, are you gonna do to me here? Okay, okay, and so, so Charlie, now we know that, right? We've 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 told, and you know, you've told me this before that these purchasing managers they go to seminars and are taught all this stuff, right? Of course, yeah. So they're they're, they're great negotiators, and that's why they have their job in sales. We're not, we don't train people to be great negotiators. So, um, and that's another because, that's another podcast we'll get into, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so, a negotiation podcast that we can make this really simple. Okay. So, so Charlie, then tell me about what should a sales rep do when that purchasing person, whoever it is, who's ever buying the product goes, oh, my God, you're killing me. What, do, what is a sales rep? What should they do? I think there's a couple of simple things that they should try. Number one is look them in the eye and count to three and don't say a word. Now, what's going to happen in that you know, five seconds of silence. Uh, a lot of times the customer is going to say, well, you know, I, I just, you know, I just need to ask that or, or not most purchasing agents, but that will happen from time to time. People will start to waver on their, on their request for a lower price. Right. So you just so, stop, you just look at them, right? Maybe yeah. Just, just look them in the eye. That's so because the first person that talks first is gonna is probably gonna lose, right? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, silence is such a powerful tool, but salespeople get nervous about quiet, um, and I think you have to practice this. Where yeah. 
silence is seems like an hour when you're counting to three, but it's just counting to three. Okay. So so then you get the silence treatment. Okay. So I get the silence treatment. Now, how do I pivot back to value? So let's say this, the, the purchasing purchase person doesn't say anything. They've been taught to play the silence game too, right? Right. So, so now what do we do? Okay. First of all, I think we should ask the nation, try this on, our next, on your next four or five price objections, just to see if the customer breaks the silence with a clarifying question or statement. And then, we, like you said, we pivot to value. So when we're talking about value, just remember that your product or service answers a business problem. So you have to restate the problem. Okay. And you have to ask them how critical this is. How, how critical is this affecting their profit and loss? Uh, and, and hopefully you're going to get an answer back that is, yeah, it's critical and it's something that we have to take care of. That's why I need a lower price. But that's not the point, right? Right. <laughs> they need to solve the problem. Now, it's interesting, uh, Charlie, you know, not to cut you off, but, you know, going back to this patient blanket warmer, um, the, my, the person I was talking to, a friend of mine, was – Lost the business at the hospital six months ago. The hospital has called um, him back to the hospital to renegotiate the price to get back into the hospital. And at this point, as a sales rep, we, we have the anxiety of like, okay, I'm going to drop my price 20%. But the reason why they called you back is because something is a problem, right? Yep. There's yes. a problem that they're trying to solve. And so why would you lower your price knowing that you're in a better position than you were even six months ago? So you're saying, stop. Why are you – would, would it be appropriate to say, obviously something's wrong with the current product that you're using? I That's, think that would be fine. Right? Would, yeah. And, and then say, I'm here to help you solve your problem. And so tell me how important and critical this must be for you to call me. <laughs> right? Yeah. And what are, we, what are they going to say? Now, here's where the smart salesperson stays with their original price because they understand that if they're having a severe – having any kind of issue, it's got to be pretty severe if it's getting to purchasing, right? Right. So they, they made a decision to buy a technology that was a lower price, a competitive technology. They've installed it, and then six months later, it's not working the way the, the, that your technology worked. The, the the nurses on the floor are complaining. The issue gets down to you know to the directors, and it gets down into purchasing that they don't we don't want this technology anymore. We got to get the old one back. Right. So you got to know in your mind that they're pretty desperate. So why would you come back and lower your price? Right. Okay. No, that's exactly right, and that's just asking really good problems, right? So questions. Yeah, asking. I mean, you know, asking asking really good questions yes. about the problems that they're having, right? So, right. Um. Okay, Charlie. So we do this. We we pivoted to value. We came back, asked about how critical is it to solve this problem. What happens if the problem was not solved? Is not solved. Um, you know, uh, do they need a solution now? Is the problem immediate? You know, we're we're going through all this stuff. So I pivoted to this value, trying to get them to understand and articulate the situation they're in. But the customer is still stuck on price. What should I do? Well, now you have to move from price to cost. Uh, it's not what they pay for. What is the cost of using it? 
Okay. If if the technology they bought is causing problems for the nurses on the floor, then obviously there's a problem with the quality of that product. Right. And it's not solving the problem. So we move to what's the real cost of utilization of that technology when you're having all these disruptions and not getting the warm blanket to the to the patients who are cold, right? So and again, patient satisfaction is a big deal in hospitals today. So patients like to be warm, not cold. But now you now that you're in cost, now you now you pivot next to, re, to return on investment. Is there an ROI leading from all this? Okay. Okay. Right. So, so you've had, you've had, I know you've had uh, a lot of experience with talking about ROI, particularly in some of the businesses where uh, we, we've been. You brought an innovative technology yeah. or new technology onto the market. Yeah, absolutely. So, so once again, though, with all of this, just to keep you know putting in these little tidbits as we go down the, the road, this isn't really hard to do, but it's not easy. As a sales rep, you have to be that student of the game to write all this stuff out. You have to create your sales communication process to talk about, to walk through this process that we're, we're discussing and and then get from price to cost and cost to ROI, right? And then right. You're, you're selling this business solution, right, that you're bringing to them. So you're, you're coming back, you're pivoting off of price back to... You know, really, this value conversation of price to cost, cost to ROI, solving a solution. You know, we can get into you know better time management, cost effectiveness. How your your value is the solution that you're providing them. You know, mm-hmm. just keep moving that. And then I think you want to break those costs down into smaller pieces. You know, you think about selling a piece of capital or something that has a has a you know a large expense. But what does it cost them to use that? your equipment right on an expanded number of patients now yes it costs more but the benefits and the value is helping to reduce the overall expense of the patient to the hospital which improves improves their profitability but you have to when you say be a student of the game you have to understand how their business functions right and you get that and if you don't aren't taught that then you have to do research on it or you have to talk to the individuals the the department uh, heads and the actual individuals that are using the technology so that you understand what what it is that's affecting their their ability to deliver patient care. Well, I think that's really important and we've talked about that in the past and you know, we always say this through the podcast, you'll see that these podcasts intertwine, intermingle with the, with each other and we come back to topics, but that is calling on the entire um the, the entire influencers around that doctor, that surgeon, that provider, and getting onto and into the individuals that can help provide you information to help make your job easier, right? Right. And that's gotten more difficult. You know, the, why, why do you think that the hospitals have initiated programs to keep vendors out of the institution, right? <laughs> right, right. Because when you're in there, you can talk to people and find out, you know, some of the real issues that are, they're, are affecting when they're not using your technology. And they yeah. don't want you to find that out. Yeah. Because they, they want to negotiate on price only. So Isn't that interesting? Yep. It's st- you still have the opportunity to find this information. Uh, you, you know, you, you can make appointments. You can talk to people. You can ask, you know, people when, you're, when you get in to a, 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 an office or a department in the hospital, 
hopefully you have a little freedom to talk to several individuals. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not like it used to be where you could go in the OR and walk to room to room and talk to people, but you can still get in and, and, and uh, communicate with people on the floor. Right. Uh, and right. That's, that, that's critical. If you're, if you're going to believe in your technology's ability to solve the problem, that belief is going to come from the people that are using the competitor telling you how bad their life is. Right. So once again, so that's, that's really, you know, to tie this in a little bit is that you, you, before you go in and start talking to that purchasing person, whoever that is, who's making that acquisition, do a little bit more research and understand either, like I mentioned, the patient blanket warmer, why are they calling you back? Instead of rushing right into purchasing to go get that business back, take a day or two to find out what the heck is going on, right? Because that's right. just going to strengthen your position before you go in to, to talk to somebody who is making that acquisition of the product. Okay, Charlie, so we, we find out all this information. Should I leave room for pricing negotiation? Well, I think you can. If, if you, your product has a public list price, that's the list price. I always like to leave room for a discount because eventually that may be the thing that closes the deal. I don't want to offer it up front, right? Right. I offer a discount up front, then I have nothing to negotiate with on the back end. And the most important thing here is to, to, is to take your time when you're giving a concession. Giving a lower price is a concession. I had a negotiation class, Jim, with one of the companies that uh, you, you were managing. And I remember a rep telling me in the class how he had, in order to get the business, he had talked to the purchasing, he had the approval of it, everybody liked it. Purchasing said, we'd love to buy it, but we need a 10% discount. So he immediately ran out, called his manager, got the approval, and called him right back and said, well, I got you the 10% discount. And the customer <laughs> said, okay, I'll get, I'll get back to you in a week. Now, a week passes, and, and he calls the customer back, and he says, well, we really still like your product, but the problem is we need another 10% on top of this. Uh, can you get that for me? And he said, all right, I'll try. And he called his manager, and he sold him on the idea that a bigger discount's going to work. And he calls, so he gets it, and he calls the customer right back and says, well, okay, you got your 20% discount. Customer says, well, let me, give me a week to consider it. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember this. He yeah. comes back the next week. Yep. I need another, I, look, we're ready to do it. We need another 5%. Again, he gets the approval. He calls him right back immediately and says, you got your 5%. Yes, okay, they bought it at a 25% discount. Now, Perfect. next year, because he's got that built into his quota, next year, he's got to almost double right. the, uh, the utilization to, to hit his quota right? because he's given away so much on price. So for an immediate satisfaction for a sales rep, often it means problems down the road. So once again, Charlie, you gotta, you gotta so think. Yeah, think. So what that comes back to is what we've said in the past, slow down to go fast. That's slow right. down to go fast because think about these things before you do it. So Charlie, you mentioned basically some things that you, we shouldn't do when uh, we're facing these uh, pricing issues. What other things should we not do when facing these pricing issues? Well, first, never say I'll ask my boss. Okay. Uh, the reason why the customer is going to want to talk to your boss it would be better to say we have a our company has a policy against discounting than it is to say my boss won't let me have the discount. <laughs> right. It's not my fault. 
It's, it's right. Yeah. It's a it's a fault. Never never make a fault of person. Make it a fault of the policy. Right. Sure. And it's it's better to pivot to policy than a person. And sure. if you're lowering your price, get something else in return. In in basic negotiation, a it's all about concessions, right? I give you something, you give me something back. If you offer the discount up front, then you can't get you're not going to get anything back for it. Yeah. Right. No, that's great. No, I mean that that that's really great because just to go back to this um, patient blanket warmer, and and I know nothing about this business, right? I don't either. Right. So except for being a patient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I find it I find it fascinating because it obviously has a, has a great patient benefit, right? And it's also an expense. And so if I was to go back into that negotiation and they were asking for pricing, I guess, well, first off, I probably don't have to negotiate my pricing because um, something's wrong with what they're currently doing. And so I'm in a pretty strong position. But I guess what I would do is I'd say, if and, and I know this person has other products, I'd leverage for other products then. If you're right. saying, I'd say, okay, listen, I, I really can't do much. But if I was able to, I would even offer price. I'd say, if I was able to, what can you do for me to get this product in the hospital? Right? right. That's that would be great. And if they, they have other technologies. Right. And if they said, Well, I can't go, well then I can't give you a price discount. Right. Right? Now that's that's the right thing to do. The challenge for people is do they have the courage to do sure. that? Sure, sure. You know, again, we, we we're brought up in a world where people want immediate satisfaction. Sometimes if you wait, it's like being a kid. You know, I'll give you a cookie now, but if you wait, I'll give you two cookies later. Right. Why wouldn't you wait? Right. But I want that cookie now. And that's the problem that we get as salespeople. We want, we want that business now. Right. And we, I don't care what price I get it at because I still get my commission even though the company is selling it at a lower margin. But we don't realize, like you just said, the implication down the road is – well, now that you've lowered your price by 20, 25%, next year your quota's going up, right? Right. And you've just given away 25% where you didn't need to, right? Right. So it just makes your job harder over the long term. So I think that's something that, you know, we need to, uh, we need as sales professionals to keep in mind. Slow down go to go fast. Think about all these little different decisions that we make that can impact us over the long term. So, Charlie, you... Um, you're kind of implying that don't say that pricing is open for negotiation with the customer. What other things, you know, once again, should we not do? Well, the, you know, since the, the customer is trained in, in getting you to negotiate on your price and making it the most important thing, we, we should never, never give that price until we get agreement on the situation. Ah, yeah. Okay. Right. Right. And, and, yeah. So when you say that, you mean, so get agreement on the situation, agreement that you've got a problem. Here's how we can fix it. Now here's the price. Right. Yeah. Well, your, your problem becomes how I'm going to consult with you basically to help you identify the cost of your problem. And they're going to offer you a solution. Now our solution may be another product sure. that has higher quality, but the price is going to be different. And if you're patient with it, you're not you're not going to get stumbled. You're not going to stumble on this pricing situation. You know, when somebody asks you what's the price, you don't 
quiver. You don't let your voice quiver or look shy and say, well, it's about this or I'm not quite sure. Um, tell them the price. Right. Say it, say it proudly. Say it proudly. Because if you don't say it proudly, they'll under they'll get a feeling that you're not you're not really confident that that's a good price. <laughs> right. Right. And, and they're going to work on you. So you've got to show strength. Strength. This, okay. This is my price, and this is where it's going to stay until we have something in return. And when they fall over in the back of their chair and they flip flip over, you stay silent. Yeah, just stay silent. <laughs> Don't say anything. So they start flailing their arms like, I can't believe it. Just stay quiet. Just stay quiet. Don't remember, remember, we talked before about you know buying is, a, is an emotional decision, right? Right. So is not buying. <laughs> oh, that's a great point. You know, you know if, you, if, if, that, if that customer doesn't see that the problem needs to be solved and you're coming in trying to offer a technology that solves the problem, he's going to try to get, he or she's going to try to get you to lower your price so that they can now work on your competitor. Right, right. Because that's what they're doing. They're playing one company against another. And let's not forget that, right? I think that's incredibly important too. Amen. Right, so we think, oh, this guy's our friend or this gal's our friend. No, they're, they're doing their job. So, um, Charlie, I think this was um, incredibly helpful. It was helpful for me to kind of rehash this every time we do it. I learned something new. So just to um, just to kind of summarize this a little bit, why do people buy? Because they're trying to solve a problem. We just have to, as a sales rep, we have to understand or try to figure out what that problem is. And, and it's usually in relationship to a revenue situation, make or save money, or an expense line to decrease expenses so your profits go up. And a salesperson's role is really to understand the business at hand, our customer's business. And what we mean by that is, what is the problem that they're trying to solve? What problems do you know as a sales rep they have because they're not using your product or service? And then how do you create value in that product to be able to first, to be able to set up the pricing negotiation at the end of the sales process, not the beginning, the end, by laying out what your value is, right? Amen. Right? And yep. and then what we end up doing, so, so we go through that, so we set all that up, and be aware that all people trying to acquire product, and hell, I do this if I got to go buy a car, all cars are the same, just give me the best price. Uh, you know, Absolutely. Right? So Everybody uses that. Everybody, right? Quality and service are the, the hospitals, the clinics, the physicians, wherever you're selling, whoever's acquiring that product or service. Quality and service is the same. It's commodity. Now it's all about price. So that's that commodity box that everybody's trying to put everything we do into. Okay, but we know that our products and services can save time, increase revenue, or save money, and mitigate risk to a certain level. And all of this is, is covered within enhanced patient care. But we have to understand that even if we're selling the commodity, we have to pre-sell once again our quality and service is superior to our competitors we help you save time money and risk which is also related to the clinical financial and strategic value through through that sales process defining value right along the way and then when they ask for a price you with confidence tell them the price and then when they fall over in their chair you stay quiet and confident uh -huh. and reiterate and go back to 
hey, we talked about how all these issues are incredibly important, how my, our quality and service is superior, how we're going to save you time, money, and mitigate risk, all covered, because we're talking about patient blankets today, covered in a nice patient blanket of enhanced patient care. And this is the price of the product that deserves the price. The product that I'm giving you is deserving of this price because of all the things that we've discussed. Right. Right? Now, if you, if you want a price... You, you want a price discount? What am I going to get for that? What else can I sell you to be able to offer you a different price discount, a different price than what I'm currently offer? Because right. I'm going to get something in return. Is that right, Charlie? Yeah, and you have to plan that up front, Jim. You have to understand, oh, I'm going to go into negotiation on price. What can I get if I give the better price? Okay. It's, just a, it's a mindset. Yeah, it's a mindset. So so that's that process. So, so for the Medical Sales Nation, I mean, that's a lot of information We'll be back in a couple days, you know, to, to put out a summary of this for you on, on a podcast. But really, that's the process. But you have to become a student of your game. You have to be able to articulate all those different value propositions from the beginning before you get to pricing to be able to win at this at, at the sales game here. You have to be a student of the game, slow down to go fast. And once again, if your company doesn't provide you with this... That's not their fault. Take it upon yourself and create that sales professionalism that we all have inside us so that we're more successful today than we were yesterday. Go get them. Go get them, guys. Until next time. Count to three. Yeah, that's right. Count to three, everybody. <laughs> Take a breath. Count to three. Until next time, have a great week. Good luck, Solomon. Take care, nation.